and you need to talk it through. Like, I feel like I, we've talked about this. Like, podcast recordings for us are therapy sessions. I mean, case <laughs> in point, like, this has been the most therapeutic part of my day. Yeah. Week. Yeah. Like, this is great. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Wine and Shine. You sound so seductive right now. Oh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of... I've actually changed this to an erotic hotline podcast. <laughs> hotline bling. Um, so please call in. <laughs> please call in. No, today Good we are... <laughs> no, sorry, taking that too far. I continue with the intro. Okay. So today we're talking with Blake Kaysen, who is a habit, behavior, and lifestyle coach. She has a psychology background, which I think was really, really awesome as we worked through. I had my own little coaching session. Like you legitimately got a 10-minute coaching session I did. In this she episode, was wonderful. And I, I feel great. Which I think is really relatable to all of us. So I felt like if I just put myself in your brain, I as well got a coaching session. Oh, yeah. So she works on a lot of these kind of behavioral shifts that people are looking to make. You know, if they have a goal in their life that maybe there's something stopping them from achieving, she helps with her coaching programs. She also does workshops and lots of other cool things in the space. She has a really awesome story about South Africa and the work that she did to empower women there um, right in the HIV epidemic that they have going on there. So a really cool background story. She's a rock climber. She's got an adorable dog, which as we know, is the most important thing. Yeah, we definitely to had have a adorable dog. Where we were really all about the dog. I should have asked. Just I should have asked the dog to come on to take. Me. I know. I know. But anyway, we talk a lot about making those big habit shifts. If you have something that you know, you just maybe you're at the position where you know what you need to be doing. You just don't know how to to actually take the steps to make that shift. I think this will have, this will be an episode with a lot of takeaways for you. It's a really good one. I think also we learned that it's baby steps. And a lot mm-hmm. of times it's just broadening your awareness. And you might think right now you're in a position where you're like, I can't, I don't know how I can possibly see myself making these habit changes or living the life I want to live. And I think this conversation is really empowering that it doesn't have to be this big leap from one one portion of your life to another. It's it's a journey. I kind of hate that term, but but it's true. It is. Yeah. Life is a journey. Life is a highway. Life. I'm gonna ride it all night long. Bringing back um, Rascal Flats in this episode. <laughs> all right. Well, enough chatting. I think for us because we need to get in the habit of not being goofy and not recording really silly intros. We'll talk about some positive habits and ways that you can make big shifts in your life with Blake Kaysen. Well, hi, Blake. Thanks for coming on the show today and talking with us. We're really excited to talk about your story and everything you're doing in the wellness space. We're really pumped. Yeah, Yeah, I'm excited to sit down with y'all. I I love uh, what you are offering through your podcast. I think, like I like I said, my first reach out. I'm so impressed, and I think we're as a you know kind of podcast wellness community. We're really lucky to have people like you two that are offering this kind of content and uh, authenticity and like as, as models of, 
you know, being yourself and 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 the challenges of living your life in a really full way. So. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you so That's so nice to hear. Yeah. The previous guest we had was another one that had emailed us. And yeah. I think that's so cool because we might not ever have crossed paths mm-hmm. if you wouldn't have emailed us. And so then I went to your website and of course, Badass. oh yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> and also we haven't really talked to someone. I know you focus a lot on like behavior and mental, yeah. mental health and habit change and things like that which yeah. is something I feel like the two of us are still working through every lot. day. I mean, who isn't? Mm-hmm. So totally. it was really awesome to see that that was your focus. And that, that's kind of what we wanted to talk about mainly today. Yeah, absolutely. But before we jump into asking you a ton of questions, you have a really, really cool background. Like you were in Africa. You've done, like you were um, a sex, not sex education, sexual health teacher. I'm not quite sure how to f- say yeah. that correctly. But tell us, yeah, yeah, you have a really cool background. So tell us all about it. So that my time in Africa was definitely what was the spark or set me up in health and wellness. And it started when I was 20 and I was studying abroad in South Africa. And before I went, I, you know, looking at the course catalog and, you know, whatnot, I was thinking like, what would be the most unique topic to South Africa, to this experience that I'm studying in this country? And in South Africa, the the one of the biggest constant topics of conversation and concern is the HIV AIDS right. pandemic. There, it's it's huge. Um, I'm not sure what the percentage is. What when I was there, it was like 30 percent infection rate or something. Oh my gosh! Like like incredible. And so I talked my way. I was an undergrad, and I talked my way into a graduate level. So it was, it was master's and PhD students uh, class that they were researching, designing, and implementing a. Essentially, it was a, a sexual health workshop, but it was around female empowerment. It was around how to get women to to advocate for themselves in in their sexuality mm-hmm. so that they could have the conversation around wearing condoms saying and th- that they could have a firmer no around sex or a firmer no around um, not wearing condoms or whatever it is. I got to uh, work with these students and then work with these group of women around female empowerment and and especially around sexuality and that that was incredibly eye-opening. I was 20 like I yeah. I was so kind of new to the world in a lot of ways. I came from a pretty small town and to be in a space where I saw these women talking about their bodies and their sexuality and their 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 experiences, it it was incredible. And it set me up to really appreciate that space where you can support people making changes in their lives with, with the right question with the right reflection with the right safe space and that's a and that has continued in you know in all of now the over dozen years that I've been working in health and wellness that that's kind of been an aspect that's continued is that you can create a safe space for people to make the changes in their life that they want wow yeah. now i'm sorry if i missed this but what was your undergrad in like what brought you to did you say south africa South Africa, yeah, yeah. In the first place. Um, so that was that was my first time in Africa was South Africa. And my undergrad was psychology and anthropology. Okay. So you were kind of in, in this world, yeah, in this space of how does the mind work and Exactly. Okay. And then it brought exactly. you more into the wellness side of things as you went on. 
Exactly. Yeah. Because because so much around my career has refined more towards health education and health coaching, Mm -hmm. but it's still so much based on our our perceptions of ourselves, our perceptions yeah. of the world, and what that means to us. Uh, and that that was what drew me to psychology, was just understanding myself and understanding people around me. Yeah. Mm. So what did you find, obviously, like you returned back to the United States. Did you see any, like what kind of similarities did you see with the women that you were working to, an empo- to empower in South Africa and either your peers or other women that you encountered back here in America? So I think so many commonalities. The and this gosh, this is a conversation I feel like I have a lot around gender dynamics and women as we're we're kind of sold this story that we are the especially in that context around HIV prevention, we're sold this story that that we're the sexually acted upon, that we are that we're not allowed to be sexual, we're not allowed mm-hmm. to be desirous or or whatnot. And and that was what I saw in those women was like, like a sheepishness around their own, their own sexuality. And it's what I've seen. I see it in people around me. I see it in myself of like, why do, why do we give the male identified gender so much permission in that mm-hmm. way and not in women? So that's something that I've seen that I think is, is pretty similar and pretty pervasive in, because South Africa is pretty Western. And I think mm-hmm. that's why a lot of the, the, those ideologies are similar. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that we live in a cult. I feel like from a media perspective, from a culture perspective, women are so sexualized mm-hmm. because yeah. everything's done from the male perspective. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're like pushed to be beautiful and sexy and attractive and all these things to be desirable, but then not encouraged to be like to be any, to embrace your sexuality in any way yeah. to talk about it yeah. is then bad. So yeah. we're like, it's like two different things that we're right. being told to do. Like, Yeah, and you're either, sorry, I no, interrupted you. You're either like the virgin or the, the slut. slut. Yeah. 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 I just, and I was reading that in Rebecca Campbell's books because I don't know if you, she has two books, Rise, Sister, Rise, and Light is the New Black. And it's all uh-huh. about women rising. And a lot of her books, like she had a couple chapters that focus on like be expressive in your sexuality. Like this isn't something like this is a part of who you are and we need to honor our bodies. And there was a point in time when all we were supposed to cover our bodies. We were ashamed Mm -hmm. to like be seen. But Mm -hmm. like you said, Liz, male males were like, of course, eyeing us and then we're supposed... So it's like so confusing. No mm-hmm. wonder women are so conflicted with this, even to this day. I feel like yeah. it's getting better from my... Yeah. I feel like it's getting better, but it's so divided. Do you see yeah. Do you see a shift happening now? I think it's, it's... On topics like this, it's hard for me to know what's going on at large. Because I know within me and within my circles of friends and within my communities, I... I feel like women and men are waking up more and more all the time. Yeah. I recently, like, for example, a good friend of mine, a young man, he, I've had conversations with him over the years around victim blaming and rape culture and femininity or um, feminism. And, uh, and they've, they've not always gone over very well. Mm. And, and then chatting with him recently, like, seeing his perspective literally having opened up over the years, that's really incredible and really profound. And it makes me feel like, yes, we're getting the message across in a, in a inclusive way. And 
I don't know, maybe that's not what's happening all over. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's more opportunity for people to tap into it, um, but it has to be a choice, right? Yeah. It has to be a choice to to want to to want to get rid of that story that you were sold about uh, gender dynamics and biases and whatever, and and make your own story. I was watching something on Facebook. You know how Facebook always pops up these videos or whatever. And I was watching something on Facebook where the they put two adult or they put an adult in a room with a baby and they mm-hmm. a baby that looked male or something. It was a female, yeah. but they dressed it male, and then a baby that was a male, but they dressed it female. Yeah. And what the people in the room did. So they had all the toys out. And these were people that went in and afterwards they were interviewed. They're like, I thought I was so open-minded. I've always found myself to be so inclusive and like not bound to gender roles or biases. Mm -hmm. But when you watch the video, they are, you know, picking up the doll to play with the girl and then picking up like the more mathematical and like hands-on toys with the boy. And it just, it goes to show you that it's it's subconscious. For all of mm-hmm. us, like I think it's just like exactly. how do you how do you broaden your awareness so that people start to realize that they're even doing it? Or women, I don't think women even know that they might be holding back or that they're totally. self conscious. They just think that's the way it is. The way it is, yeah, right. Because because the the these stories that we tell ourselves, like we're get, either that we're getting them from the outside or passed down from our whatever we, you know, we're given these stories throughout our lives um, from our family, from the world, whatever. And they can feel so seductive that we just keep them. That yeah. we, that it's easier to just say yes and and just take it on than reflect and and look on look at it ourselves because that's scary. And you have to you you have to a, a phrase I use a lot is you have to get radically honest. You have to really look at what, what's going on, and and that's hard. And whether it's around sexuality or like anything. You know, Anything. Yeah, you have to break down your barriers. You have to go deep down and find out like where the root is. And that's so uncomfortable. Right. Right. And yeah, and we don't, we don't want to go there. And I think I'd say we probably all have pretty real experience in, you know, as a, as a wellness coach, as a health coach, as a financial coach of working with people that, um, and working and seeing in ourselves from our experience and also seeing it in our clients of like, wow, that this is going way deeper than they ever thought until somebody asked the right questions. You know, in my life, this is way deeper than than I thought it was. The the roots of understanding it are are far far deeper than I could have anticipated. Mm-hmm. So I think when we talk about changing stories, which is kind of the theme that we're we're talking about, I think that goes hand in hand with habits, which I know you also mm-hmm. work with yeah. habit change. So what was that? Yeah. How did you progress to that line of work? I mean, I know it's kind of tied into psychology, which is your background. Sure. But what did that progression look like? My progression in health and wellness like started with a lot of sexual health and then uh, moved into more the mental health side, more teaching mindfulness-based stress reduction at free mental health clinic. And and then I think it re- I really started to kind of tie all those pieces together. I went to... I have my master's in um, promotion education. Mm -hmm. And so that was where I started to see like, oh, these people that I've been working with for all these years, like there are very defined ways of understanding how people, how 
how people interact with their health and how that relates to behavior, behavior change, and and especially in the last few years around habits. And I think that progression was in my graduate program, seeing it in like a more theoretical way and then being able to apply it with my it within my dissertation, my thesis. Um and then reflecting that I was seeing it all these years in the people that I was working with, that it was, they were coming to me about behavior, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, they were pre-diabetic and they were trying to change their diet or they were struggling with school and with their family or whatever it was. They were, they were coming to me about behavior that they wanted to change. A big shift for me in the mental health space was when I realized that all the thoughts I have or were having were just bad habits. Mm -hmm, They were a loop of bad habits. And when I, when that light bulb clicked, I realized that I had the control to change it because I think another, and I think this is awareness as well. We feel Mm -hmm. like we're so out of control of those things, or we feel like they're you know, and there, of course, are imbalances that are going on and things cannot be firing correctly when we are not in our best health, you know, physically, mentally. But like when you realize that you really do, I mean, you get stuck in these cycles and these loops and you really can, it's hard, but you really can start to change your habit. You can start to find replacement yeah. habits. So have you, yes. like, how have you taught that in your coaching practice? Yeah, so how I work with clients on something like, yeah, like we, that's a great example of like habit loops, um, mental uh, loops and habits in that way. How I work with clients is we, we start with looking at the behavior. So something like negative self-talk mm-hmm. and uh, start to... So if that's kind of the, the starting point is the negative self-talk, we start to move backwards and forwards around what's attached to that. What sorts of things are the precursors? What are the cues or the triggers to something like negative self-talk? And what what is the what is the talk? What is that around? What like what is it saying? And what is the outcome? But the the biggest thing is understanding, at least at first, what is the trigger to it and what is the outcome of whatever that say the behavior is. And so then once the we understand outcome, that, we can start to, yeah. I was gonna say when you say the outcome, is that typically like you feel safe when you do this or this protects you in some way when you do this? What do you mean by the outcome? Yeah, so the outcome would be like, how does it how does it feel? Or maybe a better way would say like, how does it resonate mm-hmm. after that behavior in your, your mental body, your emotional self, your spirituality, mm. you know, in your physical body? Like, what is the outcome of it? The outcome of something like negative self-talk could be, uh, I have control. Like I, I have control over these thoughts. I can just mm-hmm. like think myself to perfection. That I think that is a really strong urge for some people, especially around kind of repetitive thoughts. And I, and this is something that I can speak to personally mm-hmm. it, with Us my <laughs> yeah with my with my journey around anxiety was I didn't for one thing, what would happen was the thoughts were so constant that I, like, I didn't even notice. And then I realized that my, those cyclical thoughts was around, I can just think this, like, like I said, I can think this to perfection. I can think through all of the possible missteps and all of the possible whatever that could happen. And you think that's a good thing. Like yeah, at exactly. the time, you're right. like, this is a good thing. I'm overthinking all I'm of prepared. this. I'm prepared. Yeah. Exactly. 
Exactly. Or I'm making um, sure I've thought of, yeah, every single possible thing that could go wrong. Right. Like, this right. is great. Yeah. Right. As, as, if, as if we are, you know, the, can, can be the masters of our universe. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's the thing. You have to realize that's the, the point is you're not. And so yes. yeah. when I also, one of those things, when I realized that I wasn't and that I can't yeah. control any of this, I was like, why am I, why am I so hard on myself? Like this right. is, there's right. no point in right. worrying myself to death about any of this. Sometimes it's hard, but when you take a step back, you're like, the world's going to do what it, the universe is going to do what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, and you can, and it's, to me, it feels like spinning my wheels. Exactly. Like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not in any more control. I'm literally spinning my wheels. And, and that journey over the last handful of years around one, recognizing that that was happening and then changing it was a lot around um, meditation and mindfulness was yeah. I, I had to slow down my body and my thoughts enough so that I could see that this was happening. And and it was being triggered by, for me, like triggered by being overwhelmed or whatever it was, like it, triggers were varied. And then it would go into this loop. Yeah. yeah. Now, what do you do if, because I, I feel like I'm like in the middle of what you're describing I'm in this really frustrating place where I'm in that and I know it's like I have all the right answers in my like I if you asked me the right answers I'd be able to just like spout them off. Like to you're you. very smart. This is what you do for a job. You know, yeah, it's like you know all the right, right answers. But sure. in practice for myself it's been like really difficult and it might just be that yeah. you know progress is really slow and I'm doing better better than I think. But what do you as someone who finds it hard to slow down because I feel like if I slow down, I'm gonna, like, when I feel overwhelmed, I feel like slowing down is the one thing I can't do because if I stop, then I'll get buried. Like, it feels so counterintuitive. How do you kind of combat feeling like the thing that's best for you, like maybe taking a break or saying no to things, setting boundaries, slowing down? How do you practice those? It's like taking your medicine almost. How do you do them when you feel like if you do those things, everything's gonna explode? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The world will come yeah. crashing down. <laughs> yeah. I think a really powerful question for me around something like that is like, what is real here? Mm-hmm. It, is it true that that if I take a moment to take care of myself, the world will come crashing down? And that takes a little bit of pause and a little bit of mindfulness. And it can be hard to ask ourselves those questions when when it feels like, you know, the river is rising around us. And right. like, so what, yeah, like, tell me more about that. Like, what what do you find is triggering that sense of overwhelm? Is it work stuff or? Yeah, I think for me, that's the easiest example. It's like, well, like, I have a lot of work to do, probably more than one person can do. Like your to-do yeah. list, your to-do list is miles, miles long. It is. It's It's more than probably one person can do. Fact. Um, I think that's common knowledge at my job that like, I think everyone else is like, it's cool. No one could possibly do that much. But I'm like, it's on a list. It should get done. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the good thing for me to do is to work like standard work hours, do my best job, switch off, and then focus on either, you know, taking care of myself by cooking a good meal or you know, going to a yoga class or spending time with my family or snuggling mm-hmm. with my dog. And so that, I mean, like, I know that I should just like stop, make the shift, but mm-hmm. 
I think like, I can't take a bubble bath when I have like 20 things I didn't get done today, you know? So it's counterintuitive for me to be like, I'll just stop. Because then when I go back the next morning, the first thing I see, if I do take time for myself, there's 20 things I didn't get done. And then like we start in panic mode. My question is, do you ever get those 20 things done when you keep working anyway? Because to from an outsider. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Nina? I'm saying from an outsider, there's yeah. always going to be... So I feel like we like to create problems as humans. And so there's always going to be more to do. So even if you check mm-hmm. off your list of 20 things, there's going to be more that Liz needs to do before she's going to give time for herself. So my thought... I mean, obviously, I want you to answer. But as you're talking, I'm like, yeah. I don't know if it's as much of a list problem as a Liz needs to love giving herself some self-care problem. Probably that mm-hmm. one. I don't know. What are your thoughts though? Because yeah. I'm curious because I deal with this yeah. with my own clients too and myself. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is big. I work a lot around self-care and and I call it work play balance because that resonates with me yeah, um, with my too. clients. <laughs> it, because it can be, it, it, you know, talking about stories, like stories around, I have to do have this sort of productivity. I have to do this work like this is my responsibility so I, I think it, it's hard to I, I don't give advice necessarily mm-hmm. when I work with clients it's more like creating a space where you can hear your own wisdom and your own your own inner wellness coach that's gonna say like this is and isn't working mm-hmm. so like with with you and work productivity what are what are the what are the stories what is the what are the beliefs around yourself at work that you feel like might be getting in the way yes yeah, so i know this one it's <laughs> that i went from being the good student mm-hmm. to the good worker and so my entire self-worth hinges on like am i getting a's am i being mm-hmm. a great worker am i like it's not like Liz as a person, just by the nature of her being alive, has lots of worth and is great. That's why I said that. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know, I know what, yeah, I know that you know those things. But it's like, if Liz checks off 50 things in a day, well, then she's doing pretty okay. So it's all, I mean, I get my, my value from productivity in the things that I do. The sure. really messed up part about that that I've found personally, and if anyone else is going through this, mm-hmm. like you get your value from that, but because you're not taking care of yourself, you right. start not doing as well. And then it's harder to get your value yeah. because oh, you're not doing sure. as well. So then you need right. to do that. You need to like cut the work and <laughs> right. then play with Kobe and do all those right. things. Right. But then you can't do that because you have a long right. list to do. Right. And the cycle just keeps going. What is your self-care during your workday? <laughs> it's sitting at my computer for hours at a okay. time. Maybe taking a nap once in a while? Sometimes if I have eaten too much sugar and I, <laughs> I stopped having <laughs> Lara bars as a snack in the day because I'd like immediately need a nap after. Yeah, the yeah. sugar, that blood oh, yeah, sugar rush thing. to the crash. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. And after work, how do you often feel after your work day? Like garbage. <laughs> How about before your workday? What? How do you often feel going into work? I feel like I keep wanting to Stressed. answer these questions. For You're you. not. It's not your turn. <laughs> I know. A part of like I don't. I'm so bad right now. I'm about to be like she feels really stressed. <laughs> she does. 
I'm like I'm about not- to interject. I'm like, let Liz answer her own questions. Oh my god, stressed. Yeah, like okay, I so, so stressed getting off to work. Okay. Yeah. So what I and then garbage after garbage after and then what I think what would really set the tone. This is we'll talk habits here. If I could get a really great morning routine going, boom. But (laughs) here's the thing: habits struggle to wake up in the morning. Sure, like sleep like a dead person. So here's my question. Here's my question: How do we get from knowing all of the right things? to making the habit change. Yeah. Because yeah. I know like Liz, you do this as well, where you'll read something or you'll walk, watch something, you get done with the podcast and you're like, oh my God, this is it. I've, I've yeah. discovered it all. And mm-hmm. then you have to put it into action. Maybe you put it into action once or twice, but right. then it doesn't stick. So what do, what do we yeah. do? So a, a really powerful quote for me around this exact thing is by uh, Arthur Ashe. His name is, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And so for me, what that means is that this process is a lot around uh, a self, a, a lot around compassion for yourself. And sometimes compassion means being kind to yourself and starting small. And sometimes compassion for ourselves means holding yourself accountable. So so some techniques that work with me, what and kind of how I coach is like I offer these as like kind of lay them out on the table, like cards for my clients of like, mm-hmm. here's some things you might try. Try them on for size and see if they fit. So starting small, if you find something that inspires you that you're like, I... So something like a morning routine. Morning routines are like scientifically proven. We've found them in research. They're super powerful. They are a way to kind of set the stage for our day in a really intentional way. So if starting where you are, if meeting yourself where you're at in a morning routine means you are tired in the morning, you don't want to wake up early, you you have a certain amount of time constraints, that's that's realistic. Mm-hmm. It means starting starting where you are could mean that your morning self-care routine is five, 10 or 15 minutes. And then using what you can, like you don't necessarily have to go out and go to a yoga studio or something. You can just like do this self-care routine, something simple, something that resonates with you in your home and do it as often as you can. Do it, set timers on your phone, leave notes for yourself. Um, Reminders for me are really, really important and really effective. But uh, a morning routine or or some sort of even small self-care routine can be what's called like a keystone habit. So a keystone habit means it is kind of a, a center around which you can build other healthy yeah. lifestyle habits, mm-hmm. like uh, wellness journaling or kind of diet and mood tracking can be a really powerful keystone habit. And even people don't have to change their behavior, change anything. They just write things down. And that has been found to be incredibly powerful for people to create other behavior changes in their lives because they just start looking at their, their day. What I was going to say, just tagging off of what you were saying was I felt like in my story, I almost had to hit a rock bottom to force myself to do the changes because like in Liz, in your situation, I feel like there are a lot of us that have a really high threshold for stress or our Mm -hmm. bodies just can take on a lot. And we might feel a little bit uncomfortable or we might have some symptoms that we're not happy with, or we might feel tired, but we're still managing. So when we're still managing and still 
quote unquote fine. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah. well, nothing's going to really force you to do it unless you really dig down deep and you're like, I don't want to hit rock bottom, you right. know? And then for me, it's like I, I hit it. And then I remember... I had no choice. And I like slowly started to make these changes. It wasn't like I just woke up and like did my morning routine that I do now all the time. It's like the littlest thing. But now, and this was back four years ago, three or four years ago at this point, like things that I do now, I'm like, oh my God, I would never have done that or even thought that I would be a person that would wake up and meditate and Mm -hmm. make my smoothie and Mm -hmm. not run out the door with a cup of coffee. Like me not running out the door with a huge cup of coffee would have been unheard of. That was like like, a staple of our college experience. I was like, you're (laughs) lying. Give me a coffee and a bagel with cheese and egg and I'm ready to cease the day. But now it's like that. that's not what I do. But I didn't even it didn't seem like a struggle to get where I was because it was so minimal. It was like three or four years of it, you know? Yeah. And I I think you bring up a really incredible point that like once we start to realize that quote unquote fine is not good, like fine quote unquote is not thriving and that there's a difference. I feel this like heaviness in my heart when, when I kind of look at our society at large and it seems like people are ex- are accepting not terrible as the new good like I not terrible in baseball yeah and it it and, and i think it has a lot to do with what we talked about at the beginning that we have the stories and dare i say bullshit that gets in the way and it's hard to get it's hard to walk through it it's hard to be honest and and recognize wow i'm doing this this really unhealthy shitty behavior thing, this habit, whatever, because I'm avoiding something because, you know, like, like in even recently this winter, I was struggling with emotional eating. I was super overwhelmed with with stuff going on at work. And I would, I, I would get overwhelmed and I'd start to feel like those pangs of anxiety. And instead of, I didn't want to feel the anxiety. So I would just go like snack. Yeah. Boredom and anxiety are super, uh, powerful in terms of behavior. They make people, and I, and I, it sounds like some, some experiences of yours as well. Like with anxiety, it can, it can make us act in, in ways that are not, we're not being very conscious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Had to, had to recognize like, wow, I'm, I'm being avoidant of this thing going on. And rather than doing it, I'm distracting myself with something else. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my own wellness journey and it's, uh, it's always, that's, I think why I love the work that I do, because it reminds me that we're all just trying to figure this thing out. And I love that because I think so often, you know, listeners may listen to what you're saying and they're like, I'm sure her life is like all figured out. She's got it. Like, I'm sure she can do it, but I, yeah, I can't. But I mean, I think awareness is key. We're all, especially with something like habits, I feel like, I think we talked about this earlier, you can develop a habit and it, it like sneaks up on you. Yeah, you don't, you don't even, even know. know. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you have to be the kind of person that's trained your brain to pick up on that, yeah. either through yeah. journaling or reflection, yeah. meditation, that kind of thing, so that you can observe when that's happening and, and switch yeah. it. It's almost scary to me sometimes because I feel like, again, if I wouldn't have hit my rock bottom where my body was like, you have to change something, I would mm-hmm. have not known. So right. I, like I wouldn't have do like, dove into the world of self-help books or listening mm-hmm. to podcasts or, right. you know, meditation or any of that, I would have just kept living. And when you said you look around at society, I mean, I like you really can't blame anybody because sure. they don't know either. 
yeah. like their yeah. parents and their parents and their parents and their parents. It's like we've all grown yeah. up a certain way thinking that this is how we're supposed to feel and this is mm-hmm. how life is. And it isn't right. until you get that nudge from the universe where whatever it is, yeah. that, that plug from the universe that you're like, oh, wait. But then you have to accept that, you know, little nudge and then you have to dive into it. That's the yeah. struggle. Yeah, right. And and you can feel that that nudge of clarity and awareness and and then there's still a huge road of discomfort yeah. on the other side of that. A discomfort of, of recognizing what are the roots of, of these behaviors, of these habits. Because sometimes we don't, we don't want to look at them because they're scary. And mm-hmm. um, feel terrible. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're part of like the darkness and the shadow yeah. of, of, our, of ourselves and our past and our lives. And, and eh, I'd rather just, just look around at this like medi- like this, all this mediocrity yeah. of my life and be like, okay, this is fine. As opposed to actually, this is not what I want. So I kind of have the, oh, sorry, go ahead, Liz. I was just going to say, I feel where I struggle too. So I don't know if you personally deal with perfectionism. I'm sure you have friends that deal with perfectionism or know people. (laughs) I struggle with like, as far as making big changes, like habit changes, Mm -hmm. I struggle with identifying, is this something I need to change because I'm working towards perfection, which is unattainable? Mm -hmm. Or is this something that's good enough right now? Sure. Never thought about it that way. That's such a good question. Yeah. So what do you mean? Tell me a little bit more, like, or maybe an example. I, what I thought of was body image, for example. It's like, if I'm trying to be healthier, I'm trying to do this. Like, am I trying to just control my body and be perfect? Or or am I doing this from a health standpoint? I guess that was my example in my head, but. I lean towards like, I tend to go towards, you know, we could always be better, Mm -hmm. which is good on one side because it means you're always striving for better. It also means that it lends itself to you're never good enough if you can always be better. Right. So I guess sometimes when I'm looking at habits that I tell myself I need to make, like I need to wake up at five in the morning and yeah. all of these sometimes unreasonable, this idealistic person oh, that I yeah. create. Sure. Is it working towards being the better version of myself or is it working towards perfection and like sure. identifying the intent behind where I'm aiming, I guess. Yeah. I think that is. Yeah. That's, a, that's such a, that's a tricky question or line between that because even like the better version of yourself like you're amazing Why, so right you. now you're amazing <laughs> like you're you're this incredible human having this incredible human experience like you are spectacular so right now you are like this incredibly valuable you instead mm-hmm. of a version of yourself or a better version of yourself and that I think that can be that can be the the a, a tricky thing to navigate for the individual or in like the coaching relationship is is this perfect you're right is this perfectionism or is this identifying so I, maybe a, a kind of framework for it like is this not working is mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. is being rushed in the morning and sleeping you know till I have say like 45 minutes to get ready. So it's, it's rushed. Mm-hmm. Is that working? Because the alternatives are getting up early. Um, and so maybe perfectionism is I get up at five and I go to the gym and I have this whole like da, 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 da thing that That's I do. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black and white or, yeah. or is, is cultivating a, a loving relationship with yourself. Does that look more like I get up 45 minutes earlier so that I can sit and meditate for 10 minutes and then 
cook and eat my breakfast and then go to work. Like, is that, is that what would work without being like, I have to do all these things and I have to be perfect and I have to have this like perfect morning routine. I think, and that's where that radical honesty comes in. Like if we looking at our habits and our behaviors through a lens of how do I love this person, this person who I get to be, how do I love them? And sometimes loving them means being like, get your ass out of bed, do something. Yeah. It's like um, the intention behind it because yes, you can tell. Yeah. So Liz, for example, when you're like, I have to get up at five in the morning and I have to go to yoga and I have to eat my smoothie and all and drink right. my glass of water. It's like you're being um, mean to yourself. You know, you're thinking mm-hmm. of, of yourself from a negative light. Like this person mm-hmm. is not doing well and she needs to fix right. it. But it's mm-hmm. like, it, but the way that you even gave your example, it's like, I'm going to wake up 45 minutes earlier because I deserve to have time mm-hmm. to wake mm-hmm. up and I deserve to make my smoothie. And this is going to make me feel really good. Yeah. And I'm going to honor that. Yeah. So it's like, I bet you have to, it's like, keep unraveling. It's like, you have to take yeah. another step back. So it's like, before you can right. get to that point, it's like, we have, you have to work on accepting yeah. yourself. And, then, and, oh, and this is why mindfulness and cultivating mindfulness and self-awareness is, is huge to my practice. I felt, you know, my, my expertise is around habit and behavior change, but how I get there Mm -hmm. or, or how I help an individual, how I help a client and myself be, you know, keep track of that intention and, and what's working, what's not working is, is cultivating a heart at peace and and a mind Mm -hmm. that is quiet enough that you can, you can discern the thoughts. Cause I, I don't, maybe you can relate. There were times in my life when my thoughts were so quick. I could not, I could not distinguish one thought from the other because it was just like this ticker tape in my head. Uh Whereas now, like my example over the winter of, uh, feeling overwhelmed uh, about my business and, and distracting myself with snacks. I had to take a second and be like, Whoa, 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 Blake, you are not hungry at all. What do you, what's going on? Yeah. Like, what are you feeling right now? And, and validating like, yeah, I feel overwhelmed. Okay. So what do I, what's real in this situation? Is, is, is the world going to end if I don't finish this blog and all this social, that's like social media, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. So what, what's my priority? Like, and so that the awareness of, yeah, what's my priority? What is important right now? Because sometimes sleeping in is important. And then sometimes getting up 45 minutes earlier to, to meditate and have your smoothie, that's also important. Yeah. This is where having a coach is so helpful. Because yeah, exactly. it's like you, exactly. you know all these things, and you, but it's hard sometimes to do it all on your own. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and you need to talk it through. Like, I feel like I, we've talked about this. Like, podcast recordings for us are therapy sessions. I mean, case in point, like, this has been the most therapeutic part of my day. Yeah. Week. Yeah. Like, this is great. <laughs> it's so great. And it just reminds me of the importance of having a coach. Because sometimes I think people are like, I know what to do. I don't need yeah. a coach. But it's not oh, that. Sure. It's like somebody to help like dig deep with you and to yeah. bounce ideas off with you and to help you change your habits. Yeah. And to make plans. Like that's, yeah. that's a big part of what I do. Um, and you know, plans, schmans, like they they never go ac- accordingly. Yeah. I think that's, that's the importance of wellness plans, even though like things never go according to plan, but to have sort of a, a structure and an anatomy, I, I like that's a kind of a... Uh, 
for me, a visual or something I use a lot is like, we're looking at the anatomy of our behavior mm. or our lifestyle. And so something with something like a plan, we can, or like a wellness plan, we can start to look at, okay, so this is and isn't working. What might we substitute? And then let's like try that on for size and let's, yeah, um, I love that. yeah. And then let's, let's, keep track of it. Let's, let's reflect on it. Let's uh, try something else on if it doesn't feel like it's working. In my experience, in, in my wellness journey and in working with clients, having something that's like a little bit more delineated, uh, kind of written out and has some uh, you know, a, a sort of a tracking tool involved, whether it's wellness journaling or whatever, um, can be really, really powerful in seeing yeah, how to make changes. Yeah. So this brings me kind of to like another side of wellness, but I read on your site that connecting to your intuition and like learning how to hear your own intuition is so important. And the other thing about being a coach is that you're not giving like all of the answers. It's really, you're helping your client discover what they already know. They just might need some guidance. So how do you help your clients really listen and discover their intuitive voice again? Is it just through yeah. a lot of the things we've been talking about or? Yeah, a, a fair bit. I have, I have some specific like tools and techniques that I use around that around. So for me, mindfulness is really key, not necessarily seated meditation, but cultivating a little bit of a space between what happens and how we react or respond to it. That mm-hmm. to me is mindfulness mm-hmm. because otherwise it can feel like we are just being strung along by things around us. You know, like somebody says this and we, and it makes us do this. The idea that, that we're controlled by everything else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so mindfulness around what are the thoughts and feelings uh, around a behavior or something, you know, we're talking about triggers and outcomes. So building intuition can, can, it is a lot often just self-awareness. It's, it's looking at your life and at how it's connected with these behaviors and habits and your your thought life, your emotions. But I think one of the biggest things around developing intuition with my clients is is this reflection of like, so we tried this on. How did that land with you? Did it work? What were the outcomes that you saw? Because that that's part of their their intuition is just perceiving how yeah. something and affected. reflecting back and yeah, yeah exactly. and hearing that yeah. answer yeah that that's such a cool process in coaching where because for I don't have the answers I don't know what will make somebody healthier or happier I have a boatload of tools and resources and techniques that I can offer up but I think the real for me the the really exciting thing about coaching is holding space for somebody mm-hmm. to to get a little clarity on on what's going on with them right now. Like I've had so many conversations with clients where it was like, whoa, did not see that that reflection coming. Like mm-hmm. did not see, did had no idea that that's why you're doing that behavior, but one question and boom. They got it themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And th- those are the moments where um, I, you know, I have to, I have to honor my intuition a lot as well in in coaching sessions where, you know, we'll be talking about something and I'll feel like you know, I'll, I'll feel something in my body or something will come to mind and, and I have to honor like, hey, so this is what I'm, this is what I'm feeling when you say that. Well, does that resonate with you? Or is there more to that or whatever it is? So I have to be just as aware of my um, intuition as, as supporting the development of theirs. Yeah. Wow. That visual of like 
being connected through that intuition yeah. is really powerful. Yeah. And I'm sure a really cool experience. I just think yeah. our intuition is our biggest tool. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I love angel cards and I love crystals and I love meditation and all of these things. And I love them so much because I feel like I learn to hear what I need to do better. Yeah. And when I'm co- right. in the same thing, when I'm coaching, it's like I almost, I can almost hear things within my clients that I yeah. can start to pull out of them too. It's yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, we're all, we're all these just incre- incredible human machines that yeah. are, we, we function on such a high level. And, and that's why our human experience is so complex because mm-hmm. we've got so much going on. We have this like spiritual existence, mental, emotional, yeah. physical, um, all of and, the things. Yeah. And, and that's really special. And when you sit down with somebody with, you know, you're, you, when you sit down with an open heart and you sit down with somebody else with an open heart because you've created a safe space, man, some really cool things will come up. And I, I learn so much from my clients all the time about myself and I love it. Can you tell us a little more about your pivot program that you have? Like what that yeah. looks like? Yeah. So pivot integrative wellness, that's, that's the name of my private practice. It, so I do group coaching, uh, and I do workshops and then I coach individual clients right now. My individual clients are primarily remote because I, I travel. I'm a very avid rock climber. So I, cause I'm terrified of heights. You also have a really cute dog that goes rock climbing with you. Yes. Yeah. He's awesome. His name, we, I just had my four-year adoption anniversary Aww. with Barley. <laughs> What's his name? Barley. Barley. That's such a cute name. I love it. And he's yeah. like little curly cute. Little white yeah. curly cute guy. <laughs> we like he's dogs, obviously. Yeah, we really like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the wine and dog podcast. <laughs> wine and dog. Um, just a rebrand. Yeah, yeah just a rebrand. <laughs> little rebrand. So, uh, yeah. So, it... I work remotely and I, and I travel. So I get to um, take my workshops to different locations as I travel, which for me is super exciting. I'm able to kind of make connections across the country. Yeah. But the, the, I'd say the biggest reason why I travel is that it, it's, you know, talking about kind of like what's working, what's not working. For me, climbing is such a big part of my life that the, my ability to pursue it and still coach, they're very closely linked. Like my ability to be the best coach that I can be is closely linked with my, my ability to live my life in a, in a thriving full value way. Yeah. Um, So I I, I have to make sacrifices because of the remote work and I love it. I, at this point, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing and it allows me to, to take my content and take my practice to different parts of the country. Like right now I'm in the Northern Cascades. So I'm doing some workshops in uh, Bellingham, Washington, which is super mm-hmm. exciting. Like a, a beautiful city. Um, what in are the your mountains. workshops on? Are they various topics or do you tour sort of with the same workshop plan? I, I have uh, about four or five that are my signature workshops. Anatomy of Habit, which is a lot around what we've been talking about today. Yeah. And a mindfulness beyond sitting. So that one is another favorite. And I find that people really gravitate towards it because beyond sitting as in beyond seated meditation. Mm. Because to me, a mindfulness is the, the umbrella under which one way to practice that is seated meditation. So understanding how to bring just like more pause and self-awareness to your life is to me mindfulness. 
another one that I love is around intuitive eating. Um, our relationship with food is so is so complex. We're big and in so- the intuitive eating world. We've had a lot yeah. of guests yeah. on yeah. that are intuitive eating experts. Yeah, and and people because that their content is so research based. Like they did some incredible work in in the books around intuitive eating and the workbooks. So I use some of their content and then mix it in with my own around understanding relationship with food and understanding yeah your relationship with your body and and again it's a lot around habits and behavior. So uh, it. I, I'm able to bring in my my expertise around um, health behavior change um, into intuitive eating. And then another one that I really like is value-based goal achievement because I work a lot with pretty high achieving professionals and athletes and and anybody I think has had the experience where like you set a goal. We kind of talked about this before of like, is this perfectionism or is this just like, trying to live a life that you love, but mm-hmm. we can set a goal and then like you get psyched on it and you do it for a few days and then like, womp, womp, womp. Mm-hmm. It kind of falls through the floorboard. Yeah. So so being aware of your values and priorities and how to in that way achieve the big things or small things that you want in your life that are... And by aligning them with who you are as a as a person, because if, if we're not aligning it with ourselves, we're just going to be fighting ourselves all the time to, to obtain whatever this goal is or to make whatever this change is. So rather than fight with ourselves, maybe make an adjust our pursuits so that they're in alignment with what our actual values and priorities are. Man, I wish that... Are you ever coming to Ohio? I would love to come to a workshop <laughs> I mean, sometime. I'm just going to throw this out there. Like, there's like Hawking Hills. There's places to climb. Mm-hmm. There's, <laughs> some, there's some rocks. We here. are all about collaborating too. So, <laughs> yeah. we, so would, we can host you as you come and have really a workshop point. here. Because I, uh, a lot of this content, I'm in the midst of creating online courses. So, oh, online... Cool. Yeah, that's huge. And because because of this, because I can't be everywhere, yeah. and it's so exciting to do in person workshops. I love it. I love facilitating groups, and you know, I I can't do it for everybody. And and so to to put them online is is That'll a really great. Yeah, yeah. So they can, our listeners can look forward to maybe these online courses. They can catch yeah. you, um, of course, on your website. And mm-hmm. then if they want to do coaching with you, that's where they should look. I know you have an Instagram as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, on my website, there's there's a ton more information about how I coach. And there's also a link to sign up for like my newsletter, but also uh, the free discovery call, or I call it like the habit hacking call. Mm-hmm to see if what the client is looking for, what's going on aligns with how I work with clients and just Mm -hmm. like check out, you know, like some, a place to start in, in coaching and, and give them some, some resources and insight. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been really wonderful. I feel inspired to change all my habits. (laughs) We always do. We always do after our conversation. We talk to amazing people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I keep the door open to both of you for uh, resources and and, um, tools and techniques, whatever. Like absolutely. I would love to to support what y'all are doing because I think we're all three in alignment of how we're, we're supporting this crazy human community in in living lives that that 
people love. So yeah. I, I'd love to support you both in doing the same thing. Oh, Yay. thank you. All right. Well, a big thank you again to Blake for coming on, for reaching out to us. We are so inspired by everything that you're doing. I know I feel ready to, A, start a better morning routine. You can do it. the major takeaway from this episode. Thank you again for reaching out to us and for coming on. We love chatting. And we know that our listeners really enjoyed listening as well. Make sure that you reach out to Blake, follow her on her website, follow her on Instagram. We're also on Instagram at Wine and Shine Podcast. You can also catch us on Facebook at the Wine and Shiners Facebook group. We are on Patreon. If you feel like in your heart, you want to contribute to the podcast, we do have one dollar. <laughs> or two dollars. I can say it normal. One dollar. I was not expecting one dollar. Just one dollar is all we need. I need a dollar. Do you remember that song? No, but that reminded me of a dollar for Daisy. <laughs> Just give us a dollar for Daisy on the Patreon. If you enjoyed this outro, let us know by giving us a dollar. And Mike job. That's all we have for you. Oh, goodness. No, in all seriousness, please review, subscribe, all of the lovely things. Let a friend know about our podcast. That's a big one. Share yeah. the podcast. Share, share the, the love. love. Oh, share the love. <laughs> share the Share a dollop for Daisy. Guys, enjoy some sour cream tonight. (laughs) Donate a dollar. We're going to leave because we are clearly getting no wine. No No wine. wine. Waters. All right. Well, thanks again for tuning in. We promise to be less silly in the future. Just kidding. No, we don't. We don't. This is who we are. (laughs) Take it or leave it. We will see you guys next week.